You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We were talking about sending out presents on Yom Tov. Can you send out something which might not be usable on Yom Tov? And broadly, the principle is that, yeah, we do send out we restrict ourselves to things that might be used on Yom Tov, although Beit Hillel are pretty broad, pretty generous in, in interpreting what that might be. And we close the ninth Mishnah of the first chapter really on that point. The tenth Mishnah picks it up straight away. And, you know, I did wonder whether perhaps this tenth Mishnah might at one point have been joined to the ninth. And there are very, very many chapters of Mishnah which do contain nine Mishnayot. The boundary between the Mishnayot is not particularly fixed. We've said before that the boundary that the boundary between chapters is very important. So the last Mishnah is a cha- in a chapter is very important. Anyway, this is the tenth Mishnah is the last Mishnah in the first chapter of Beitzah, and it continues this question of sending out presents. But we're going to move from food to clothes. One may send out clothes whether they're sewn up or not sewn up. So in other words, maybe they're not entirely finished, but they, I guess in theory they might be usable. Because you could use a, a cloak that's not totally sewn up. And even if they contain kilaim, this is really interesting. So this is something that you cannot use as a, as a, you can't wear something that contains kilaim. This is something that contains both wool and linen. It's forbidden to do that. But somehow you can send them out if they're necessary for the festival. Vahain l'tzorech hamoed. If they're necessary for the festival, the Gemara actually tries to figure out well what kind of kilaim, what kind of unwearable clothes might be necessary for the festival. And one example that the Gemara brings is curtains. Maybe they're curtains. Another example brought by the Gemara is some kind of sort of felt mat, hard felt mat that you might be you might sit on it. So you might sit on kilaim providing it's stiff enough that they the, the the fibers wouldn't come off on your clothes, even if you wouldn't actually wear the key line. So there's, maybe there's some kind of cloth that you might use on Yom Tov. And then we're going to go on. We're not going to send out hobnailed sandals. And we've already learned in the Mishnah of Shabbat that we don't wear these hobnailed sandals. There was some... Some public health incident, people were trapped in a small space, perhaps they were attacked by enemies, and they trampled one another trying to get out, and they were wearing these hobnailed sandals, and uh, essentially people injured one another in the crush. So we don't wear hobnailed sandals on Shabbat. We don't wear unfinished shoes, because in contrast with unfinished clothes, these are really completely unusable. On Shabbat, Rabbi Yudah Omer Aflomina Lavan. Rabbi Yudah says not white shoes. Because they require an artisan. 
seems that white shoes require some kind of finishing off, at least in the re in the place where Rabbi Yehuda lived. Zerklau, and you can see we're finishing the chapter of the Mishnah now with a general principle. Zerklau, this is the general rule. Kol shenei tinbo b'yom tov Whatever can be used, can be appreciated on Yom Tov, can be sent. We can send out. We can send out as a present anything that we can basically enjoy using. What if Yom Tov falls on Erev Shabbat? Can we prepare on Yom Tov for Shabbat? And the basic halacha, by the way, is that we don't prepare on Yom Tov for Shabbat. We, that's, it's an abuse, if you like, of Yom Tov. But of course, that causes certain practical problems. If we can't prepare on Yom Tov for Shabbat, how are we going to get ready for Shabbat? I mean, we need to heat up water. We need to heat up food. How are we going to prepare for Shabbat if we can't prepare on Yom Tov? Yom Tov shichal liot erev Shabbat lo yivashel adam batchila miyom tov le Shabbat. If Yom Tov fell, if the festival fell on the eve of Shabbat, so on Friday, in the first instance, one shouldn't cook for your, on Yom Tov for Shabbat. So what are we going to do? Aval, mevashal hula Yom Tov. We're going to cook for Yom Tov. This is, so this is going to be the day before an era of Yom Tov. So on Thursday, we're going to cook for Yom Tov. Ve'im hotir, hotir le Shabbat. And if there's some left over, there's some left over for Shabbat. And if any is left over, it's left over for Shabbat. And one can prepare a dish on Erev Yom Tov and rely on it for Shabbat. And the Mishnah here is talking about our modern Erev Tav Shilin. We can rely on it to prepare food for Shabbat. So we've mixed up essentially the preparation for Shabbat with the preparation for the Yom Tov. And that means any, gosh, any cooking that we do on Yom Tov can be sort of held over onto Shabbat. Beit Shammai Omrim Shnei Tavshilin. Beit Shammai say, if you're going to prepare an Eruv Tavshilin, if you're going to essentially prepare for Yom Tov and have some left over for Shabbat in order to facilitate cooking on Yom Tov for Shabbat, Beit Shammai say you need two dishes. Beit Shammai omrim shnei tavshilin. And here we're returning to the literary pattern that we observed in the first chapter. Beit Shammai are going to say X. Beit Hillel are going to say Y. And we might have a third opinion. And Beit Shammai are strict and Beit Hillel are lenient. So we're reverting to our literary pattern now. Beit Shammai omrim shnei tavshilin. Beit Hillel omrim tavshilechad. Beit Shammai say we need two dishes in the Erev, two cooked dishes. And Beit Hillel say one cooked dish. They agree that if we have a fish and an egg cooked on top of it, apparently this used to be a common way of serving fish. You'd cook the fish and you'd break an egg on top of it. love that if there's a um, if there's a egg on top of it, that in this case we've got two dishes. By the way, interesting that the of course the whole Mishnah of 
Yom Tov starts with an egg. Beit Sashi Noldabi be Yom Tov. It starts with an egg. And the beginning of the second chapter seems to be starting with an egg as well. A fish and an egg on top of it. Achalo Oshe Avad. If you if someone ate his Eruv or lost it, and of course we've learned these halachot when we learned about the Eruvim of um, Chatzerot. When we learned about making an Eruv to extend the Shabbat distance, we learned that the Eruv has to be in existence when Shabbat comes in. If we've eaten it, or if we've lost it, or I think in the example in the Mishnah of Eruvin, it was... It was um, a building collapsed on top of it or a wild animal ate it. <laughs> yeah, it was destroyed by by accident. If, he, if someone ate it or it got lost, it doesn't work. It, you, can't, you can't cook on it in the first instance. But if, and if any tiny bit of it remained and you can see how the rabbis are bending over backwards to make life possible for the jewish people if any of it at all remained he can rely on it for shabbat in other words he can rely on it to um, cook on yom Tov for shabbat and that's this is pretty much our practice today that we take one cooked dish as our erov and we add to it actually one baked dish so we take following Beit Hillel we take one cooked dish and we add a baked dish and there is a verse actually to remind us of this again we're back in the Pasha of Bishalach we're just learning the Halachot of Shabbat we're out in the desert the people are complaining after crossing the Red Sea and um, Moshe says Hashem. this is what the Lord has said um tomorrow is a is a holy sabbath to the lord and then he says et asher tofu efuv et asher tvashlu bashelu veta odef hanichu lachem lemishmeret at bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil i.e. cook what you will cook and that which remains over keep until the morning and the rabbis learn out of this dual Use of the word bake and bake. Bake what bake what you will bake and boil or cook what you'll cook. The rabbis learn out of this this linguistic doubling, the fact that we can cook on Yom Tov for use on Shabbat with the Erev. And we're mentioning both the cooked food and the baked food. Okay, so what about what about that's Yom Tov that falls before Shabbat. What about Yom Tov that falls after Shabbat? Chaliot achar ha-Shabbat. If Yom Tov falls the day after Shabbat. Beit Shammai omrim matnilimet ha-kol milifne ha-Shabbat. Beit Shammai say we must immerse everything before Shabbat. So we're back to Beit Shammai, Beit Hillel. Beit Shammai say we immerse everything before Shabbat. Uveit Hillel omrim kelim milifne ha-Shabbat ve-adam ba-Shabbat. Beit Hillel say vessels before Shabbat, but people on Shabbat. So why would you want to immerse people? Well, we we know we're going to immerse vessels before use on Yom Tov because that will make them usable for use on Yom Tov. And of course, you can see 
why both Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai agree that we're not going to immerse the vessel on Shabbat. Because if it makes it usable, it's a bit like finishing off. It's a bit like finishing off the manufacturing process. Makiva patish, tapping with a hammer, the last, the, the last stroke of the craftsman, finishing off the objects forbidden on Shabbat. So we can see why we're not going to going to immerse the, the, the item once it's been completed on Shabbat. Why aren't we going to immerse the people? People seem to be different. People somehow seem to be different. And I just wanted to bring in closing the comment of the Bartanura, Shabbat was used to inform you of the power of the school of Hillel. So we are talking in some way about the power of the rabbis I mean, the whole idea of the Eruv, right, is a demonstration of the power of rabbis and the power of Hillel. Even on Shabbat, they permitted the ritual immersion of a person. Because it seems like we're just cooling him down. So it seems like people would people now might take a bath because they want to warm up. But in those days, they would take a bath because they wanted to cool down. It was hot in those days. And, and washing for pleasure and not for the sake of Tavila. so as if Hillel would seem to agree that we won't we wouldn't immerse for the sake of immersion on Shabbat but pleasure on Shabbat is allowed so we can jump into a cold pool to immerse oneself on Shabbat the day before Yom Tov Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.